Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Uh, discuss. I know lately we've discussed about some things in coping during um, the COVID-19 pandemic <laughs> and hoping everyone is remaining safe, um, as always, because we don't know how much, how longer this is going to be. And by the time this episode is up, we might still be experiencing some stuff. But this is for mothers. This is a conversation for parents. Um, parents who have experienced grief, loss of a child. And so we know that loss brings about a lot of emotions and without a circle of support, without someone who is there to to support you during the process, um, it can be difficult and hard. And Ronnie um, Lambrecht, which is our guest today, is doing amazing work supporting so many parents um, to undo some of the things that we can do better as parents to honor and cherish the moments that we have now. So life teaches us all many lessons, some more than others. Since losing her only child, her husband, John, and her have learned what it takes to forge ahead and find a new purpose in life, helping others to improve their lives by enhancing their focus on what is truly significant in life. Guys, welcome, Ronnie. Uh, she's such an amazing person, and I'm so excited to be here. We always have like pre conversations with any guests coming on, so I get super excited and in my zone when we have other guests. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Ronnie, for being here today. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about your story, because I didn't want to give it much away in the intro, because then people will be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. Um, well. For, for us, um, it's been six years and four months since we've actually lost our son. We uh, were on a Christmas vacation in the Glamis Sand Dunes in California, and he was riding his four-wheeler, and he was hit head-on by what's called a sand rail, um, and he was killed instantly. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, anyway, and... You can so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's this is your story. This is your your time to share it. it sorry, usually I can talk really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> we so we lost him six years and four months ago. Um, at it was actually Christmas week. It was um, four days after Christmas that we lost him. Um, anyway, and as you can imagine, obviously it's a surprise and your whole world falls apart and um, everything changes instantaneously. Um, and what we've, what we've been trying to do since we've lost Dalton is um, just get out there and, and speak to parents, current parents um, and those are grieving, but, um, but really current parents is really where our focus has been um, only because my husband has had a ton of regrets since we lost Dalton and there's so many, um, crazy things that he has regrets about. And I'm sure all of you know, when you think about things in your life and you have regrets about things, and if you really were to put on your logical hat, you would think, well, that's kind of a stupid thing to be worried about or, or have regrets about. Um, and my husband has several of those. And I and I have some, not, not many, but I have some. Anyway, um, but John has quite a few 
regrets. And so his, his goal with this book was that um, he could kind of tell me how he feels and then I could write it all out. And, um, and I had a lot of friends tell me that it would be great if I could write a book um, because of all the, the information that I'd been sharing on Facebook about, you know, being mindful of your time and, and really paying attention to what you've got. Um, and I have to tell you, you mentioned the COVID-19 and the, and the, you know, quarantine and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think families are finally kind of figuring out that, that, that granted, are they stressed out because they're having to homeschool and that kind of a thing? Absolutely. But I think they're also realizing how incredible an opportunity that this is, that they have this time with their kids. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know about you, Jamili, but in, in our life, when we still had Dalton, John and I both worked over 80 hours a week. We were busy all the time and trying to fit family and life outside of work into that 80, you know, outside of that 80 hours a week is very tough. And so to have an opportunity like this quarantine where people can actually focus on their families and focus on what they have and focus on doing things together at home, remodeling or fixing up the yard or all the things that people are doing right now. Um, I know that because at Home Depot, there's like a billion people all the time. My husband's a contractor, so <laughs> we're at Home Depot a lot. Um, but it's just, uh, so just having the opportunity to spend time with your family and, and use those moments is pretty incredible. And I hope that, I hope that people are, um, granted, I know that it's upsetting and hard to deal with kids um, doing homeschooling and that kind of a thing. But, but I also just really hope that people are focusing on the fact that they have the opportunity to do that. So, so it's interesting because a friend of mine and I, we were just having a conversation yesterday, just checking in on each other with, um, you know, this pandemic. And she was saying, I've let my expectations, um, I've dropped my expectations at home because this pandemic has just shown me that we don't know what's next. We don't know what's tomorrow. And so is she fighting every day because there's socks on the floor or there's multiple dishes or someone didn't do anything? She said, you know, I, I try to smile every day and just embrace the moment because we never know. And we have to kind of embrace this opportunity, which I thought was beautiful for her to say that um, because you, you're hearing the latter. You're hearing, oh my God, I can't wait for the you know, outside to open up. I'm dropping my kids off at their grandparents. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. Uh, they're not doing the schoolwork. You know, I, I was having a conversation with my coworker because I'm still working and I'm still going in. And so, uh, we're, we, you know, we're, we're directors and stuff and we're having director meeting. And I noticed that all of us, because we're coming to work every day, because we don't have kind of that connection and control at work, we're focusing on the schoolwork that the kids are not doing. And so one of my coworkers was like, I'm freaking tired of it. I'm tired of talking to my son. He hasn't been doing his schoolwork and he needs to do this and he needs to do this and he needs to do that. And I had to just say, you know, in a joking way, I was like, we just have to submit that our kids are going to be dumb this year. And then that's it. Like, we just have to submit that stupid this year. And, you know, we can't do anything about it. Because it's just going to be stupid. Like, there's nothing we could do. We didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to be a teacher, obviously. Um, you didn't sign up to be a teacher. Everyone has a different career path. Well, our kids are just going to be stupid this year. And so just kind of even dropping that and dropping the stress of uh, fighting about homework. 
which is like right. a fight all the time, schoolwork, chores, laundry, and everything. And the your your story and then I was looking at your website. I'm a little bit of a stalker when I'm gonna have guests. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> so looking at your website, looking at your workbooks, looking at your books and what you offer to parents is just beautiful. And if you can kind of share some of that of of um how you change your perspective as a parent. There's a difference with, you know, parenting teenagers and what does this look like and what some of the expectations are, but truly coming in from the point of lost regret. And this is what I wish everyone can do so that if something tragic happens, there is no regret. There is the loss, but there's not the regret. Right. Right. Um, well, we really tried, we really wanted to focus on helping parents, um, obviously because of the regret issues that my husband is having. Um, but the other side of it is just I mean, you go out into the world um, when you're not quarantining, <laughs> but you go out into the world and you um, you go to a restaurant and you notice how many people are sitting there on their cell phones and they're they're, they're literally just like everyone's like this. Yeah, and and you have that opportunity. I mean, it's a dinner table, right? You have that opportunity to be having a conversation and focusing on the human being that you're with, whether that's your family, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a girlfriend, um, a guy friend you know what I mean? And all these people have their phones out and nobody's communicating. And that alone, um, that, that one instance alone that John and I see every single time we go out to eat somewhere kills us. That is one of the things that, that to us, it's like, I would give anything, anything in the world to have five minutes to have dinner or dessert with my son and these people are pissing it away on their cell phones. Um, whatever is on your cell phone, your meeting, your your text messages, your whatever you're looking at. If you're looking for clothes or a new TV or new shoes or I don't know what people are doing on their phones, playing games, whatever, it's gonna be there later. Mm-hmm. But you know day. what? Your your baby that's sitting right in front of you, and and I say baby, it could be your 20 year old kid. <laughs> Exactly. It could be your 50-year-old kid, right? Um, Your family, your human, the person you chose to have this moment with, whoever it is, is sitting right there in front of you. Put your freaking phone away and pay attention to them. Like, put it away. If, if 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 you have taken the time to meet this person or to be with this person, wherever that is, put it away and pay attention to them and focus on the moment. And it's like me with you here today. Sure. Is my cell phone here? Yeah. But it's face down on my desk and I'm not touching it because you know what, Jamila, you are important to me. Why would I have taken an hour or two out of my morning to talk to somebody if you weren't important to me? And so much so that I was going to sit here on my phone and not pay attention. That's just stupid. Um, and, and people think, oh, well, you're on a video with them. Obviously you're going to be focused. Well, why would you not be focused if you were in person? That's way more important than a video. Um, so I think that's so, so I love that you say that and in sharing some of my vulnerability as a parent, I find myself, oh, now I'm getting emotional <laughs> asking my son, cause my son is a teenager where I'm just like, come talk to me. How was your day? What were you doing? Come talk to me. 
let's go downstairs. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. He's like, mom, I got to do this. But it, it's also, he is my only son as well. Yeah. And, oh, I am really getting emotional. And just, and hearing your story, if, if that were to happen to my Michael, some of the regrets that I might feel as well, because I work a lot of hours, because I come home and I'm so focused on, did you do your homework? Here's dinner. Here's this. Here's this. It's like checklist. We, yeah. We're checking parents because we want to make check, 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 check. I've done everything. I've checked in with my child, made sure they're not doing anything crazy, not, you know, not getting in trouble. I'm doing the right job raising them, but real substance, real relationship building, real connection um, is, is, I don't want to say it's not there, but it's lost in the busyness. It is. And I think one of the biggest things that we really have to focus on too is, is we come home and we're doing that checklist. I did the exact same thing with Dalton many, 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 many nights. Um, But I got to tell you, if, if you're making dinner together and you're doing dishes together and you're dancing in the kitchen together and you're doing laundry together and you're doing chores together, Mm -hmm. those conversations that you're trying to have with him the how was your day and the what's going on in your life right now and who are your friends right now and what are your friends doing for fun and those kind of conversations are automatically going to happen because you're physically doing an activity together and people don't like silence right so so those things are going to happen anyway I will tell you some of the very best conversations that Dalton and I had were two two times well probably several times, but two of my most focused ones were on Tuesday nights, we got vegetables from a farm and we would come home and we would wash all the vegetables and we would lay them all out. And, and then um, we would get on Google and we would decide how do you cook? Well, first of all, what is this vegetable? Because a lot of times you get stuff from a farm in a box and you don't know what the vegetable is. Right. And so we would, yeah, it's really fun. Um, If you can do farm to table, it's the coolest thing. Um, but we used, we did that for like four or five years. Um, and so every Tuesday night we'd pick up our box and we would, Dalton would get on the internet and we would sit and search and look for what is this vegetable? How can we cook it? Um, what should we, what should we make with it? Find recipes, that kind of a thing. Um, but then in doing so that, and that would lead us to the next step, which was actually cooking. Right. And so while we were cooking, then we would be turn up the music loud and we'd be dancing in the kitchen and laughing and giggling. And, um, but then, you know, he would say things like, Oh, you know, it's so funny. I wish that my friend, blah, 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 could, to, could do this. Or I wish, could I bring a friend over to do this next week? Or, you know, so-and-so did this at school today. And what do you think about this? Or and so all these things that I was dying to get out of him mm-hmm. were just naturally happening. Out, right. Yeah. And so, and like Sundays, we always did laundry together on Sundays. So do all the washing or whatever. And then I would put everything, you know, socks and underwear and all that kind of stuff into a big basket. And I would go dump it on our bed. Dalton would sit on top of our bed from the time he was four years old, three years old. Um, He'd sit on top of our bed and I'd stand next to our bed, kind of folding things or putting things away. And Dalton's job was to sort the socks and you know, marry him up and all that. Mm -hmm. But in those conversations, it took us about an hour to do that every single week. But in those moments, up until we lost, until the week before we lost him, we did this ritual every single week. Um, And those conversations were incredible. The things that he would talk about and um, 
it was just amazing what would come out of his mouth and the things that, and then sometimes it would even go on so long, multiple times we ended up where he'd say, come sit up here with me, mom. And then we would just sit and talk on my bed for, it could be two, three hours on a Sunday afternoon um, where John was outside working on the yard, not paying attention, being family or anything. He was this part of his regrets. Um, but he was outside or he was in the garage or whatever he was doing. But Dalton and I were sitting on my bed and we were having a conversation and we were talking about things going on at school. And I found out, you know, that a friend was talking about committing suicide. I found out, you know, things that he was dealing with trying to help certain friends. Um, another gal who had um, taken money and she was um, using, she was borrowing lunch money from her friends to buy Ritalin from a guy at school that was selling it. And her parents had no clue. Um, there are just so many things that came out and they weren't, it wasn't times that I was pounding on him. Like, how was your day? What's going on? Tell me about your friends. Tell me about this. It was just naturally things that were happening because here you are doing a project together, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and people don't like silence. And so you talk. Yeah. <laughs> people don't like silence. I don't like <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't like silence. It's just it's a comfortable feeling. Exactly. So, and, and my favorite time, um, is, is, uh, at nighttime, we, we always did highs and lows at night and you'll read about it in the book if you haven't yet. Um, but just laying in bed and doing highs and lows, but the key to our highs and lows was that John would be on one side of Dalton and I would be on the other side and Dalton would talk about his highs and lows. And then John would talk about his, and then I would talk about mine. And in doing so, it gave Dalton the, the, um, wherewithal to know that the whole world doesn't revolve around him and we have a life outside of him and um but then the other side of it was that john or i could have this humongous problem that we thought was just crazy humongous and dalton being a kid and you know having an open mind about things would be like I do this. right and you'd be like why the hell did i think of that <laughs> <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah so just just taking their perspective and then also letting them know you know that their perspective matters and how cool it was that oh my god I didn't even try that I didn't think about that I'm going to try that tomorrow and then report back tomorrow and say oh my gosh this is what happened or oh that didn't work but you know thanks for giving me the idea you know whatever but um but just I think doing projects together and um being just being next to each other and filling the silence, those kind of conversations are going to naturally happen. Right. Right. So your work and, and John's work is on valuing time with your kids. So I'm just going to pull up. Um, you Well, you have two different models. You have um, journaling, right. Mm -hmm. um, and writing letters. Yes. And, um, and different activities that you can do together. But one of the things that I think captured me the most, and I'm pulling it up right now because I took a screenshot of it, <laughs> was the questions. Who's your favorite artist, author, band performer, birthday celebration, book series, chores, class subject, clothing, outfits, shirts, pants, jeans, socks, hat, coat, the details of it, um, color, dance, dessert, drink, food. What food do you refuse to eat and why? Game, puzzles, hobby, holiday, movie, movie series, 
number, favorite number. We don't think about that. People, family, friends, teachers, neighbors, place, recipe, restaurants, season, songs, sports, team, television show and series. I And I sat there and, and I was emotional reading this because I'm like, some of these things I don't, I don't think I know. I don't think I know because you think you you know your child trigger. You see if a mood changes, their mood just shifted, they're cranky, you said something that triggered them, so now they're pissed off at you and they're acting <laughs> You know those things. You know that this is what their favorite food is. But do you really know all their favorite foods? What what else do you discover? And reading this, I was just like well, I don't think I know my baby that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, and isn't it incredible too? Because for us, for us, when we lost Dalton, you know, I, obviously I'm looking at this from the backside of parenting. And so I'm telling you all these things because so many of those things I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And now with Dalton gone, I'll never get those answers. Yeah. I will never, ever know, you know, what those answers are Maybe to a lot of those things. Or number. Right. Right. So I know that his favorite color was purple. So all the bracelets that we've done are purple. Um, I, you know, but, but favorite number, I don't know. Um, I know that his cousin's favorite color is orange. I don't know why I know that, but you know what I mean? But, but there's just so many things in life that, that we just take for granted that we just know that, you know, I know that on his birthday, he loved funfetti cake. Yeah. I just know that. Right. But, but you know that because that's a big event. That's a big deal, right? Birthdays are a big deal. But what about the regular everyday things? So there's one birthday a year. There's 364 other days a year that are important too. And, um, you know, like as families, just in general, we are always focusing on the big things. We're focusing on when they're younger, we're focusing on taking them to Disney World next year or, you know, on some big vacation or we're going to go to this big family reunion or whatever. And we're always focused on the next big thing that's happening instead of being focused on right now today, because the little moments, right. I was right here in this. We live in our camper right now because we're remodeling a house. And I was right here in this garage the morning that I said goodbye to Dalton. Um, and, and I remember that morning. Um, I remember so many things about that morning. I remember how he threw down his cell phone next to the door before he left because he never carried his cell phone while he was on his bike. Um, because that was not safe to have your phone with you while you're driving, right? Um, but yeah, so he, I remember him throwing it down. I remember him telling me he didn't need his GoPro that morning. I remember all the things that happened. But as far as emotions go and that kind of a thing, um, it took me a really long time to remember our conversation before he left. Mm-hmm. It took me a really long time. We're, all of Dalton's friends call us the I love you family because we've always said I love you no matter what we say, I love you. When we get off the phone, we say it when we say goodbye to each other in the morning, we say it when you get out of the car at school, whatever. Um, but that morning in, you know, obviously all these things that happen after you lose your child, I didn't remember if I told him I loved him and logic would tell you, of course you did. You've said it every single moment of every, you know, that you possibly could for 15 years and eight months. Like, why would you not have said, I love you? But because I couldn't blatantly, honestly remember that I did, it was killing me, like literally eating me from the inside out. Um, We've had, John and I have had disagreements about what we ate for dinner the night before. Like what was his last meal? 
right? Um, of all the dumb things, like right. freaking cares what his last meal was. We do. We do. It's just dumb. What yeah. was the last treat that he had? You know, did he have a birthday cake or did he have a cupcake or a dessert or something that he loved? When was the last time he had something that he really loved? You know what I mean? And there's all these little things, but it was just a regular day. It was just a regular day. It wasn't a holiday. It wasn't his birthday. It was just a regular day. And you just got to remember those things. Just take a minute and just be right there with him and be in the moment and think about those things. Because from a mom looking back, I just, it's, um, those are the things that haunt you. It's, and it's the dumbest things. It really is. It just seems like it's so dumb, but those are the things that haunt you. Like, you know, what, what did he, who would he, who did he talk to last on his phone? Who, what conversation did he have? Like, who did he last write a letter to? You know, who I want to touch all those things. Right. Um, so just when you can just be in the moment with your kiddos and really just, just, um, sure. You're going to get mad. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's part of parenting, but what I, I think what you're hitting on is what is important to be mad about and what is important to kind of hold right grudge about and pick your battles, right? Pick your battles. And I, and I think about it, my brother passed away almost 11 years ago. Now, actually, May 8th will be his, his 11th year anniversary. And my mom, you know, it's it's still hard for her. Of course, it's still very hard for her. And some of these questions that she had and with his loss and keeping his cell phone, um, keeping, you know, a lot of different momentums because she was in the Dominican Republic when my brother passed away here. So that regret that I wasn't here, you know, he was 33 years old, um, but I wasn't here. I wasn't there. What happened? Why did he do that? What, what, you know, what could I have done better as a parent? Um, and all those regrets and seeing my mom all these years going through her grief and it's so raw, you know, she, of course, you, you know, you grow to understand loss and moving forward with loss, but that pain is there. That pain is not going to go away. You learn to handle the pain in a different way. And, your pain, you've worked it on, you and your husband's pain, on trying to transform lives of other people who are present in the moment. And just hearing what you're saying about Dalton, I think about my brother Richard and my regrets because we weren't really talking. I was upset with him because of, of the choices that he made in life. And I held on to that. Um, I held on to a lot of that because how, you know, why, why would you choose substances over being clean and, and over your family and et cetera, et cetera. You were a parent. You have a child. You left your child. The child was only almost four years old. Like, how could you do this? And was it worth being upset with him or was it better trying to support him and get him help in a different way? And as family members, we hold on. We just hold on to a lot of grudges because it's not how we envision that person to be. And your story is enlightening. And even reading your, you know, the, the work that you want parents to do, I think this could be transformed to anyone. It's not even parents. It's how do you build a relationship with your sibling? How do you build a relationship exactly. with your own parents? Like, Mom, what is your favorite color? Dad, what is your favorite color? Even, you know, as children asking their parents and interchanging that so that when 
a person departs because people are going to depart from this world where you feel like I knew them. Yes. I knew them. And not that like you're, you're once, once they're gone and you're looking through pockets and secrets, like since when did they like Twinkies? Like, right. (laughs) (laughs) Why was that? I've never bought Twinkies in this house. Where the hell they got this Twinkie from? So then now you're feeling like, well, I didn't even know my own child like Twinkies or something. You kind of have that connection and it's not what I'm hearing from you saying. It's not, um, being overly in their business. It's knowing truly genuinely understanding a person for who they are. Absolutely. And I think the other really big thing is just knowing, um, if, if they were to go today, if, if you were never to see them again after this moment, Mm -hmm. Do you know for a fact that they knew that you loved them? Yeah. And that's important. Oh, that's the thing that eats me all the time. That it's, there's some days that I'm like, God, I sure hope he knew that I loved him so much. But he wrote me a a letter for my birthday. We were really big on writing in our family. Um, He wrote me a letter for my birthday. And so important to me that I now, with his ashes, have it tattooed on my arm. Um, yeah. And the letters in the book as well, but it's, but it's just a confirmation to me that Dalton knew how much I loved him. And if I didn't have that, um, it would really eat at me. It would really make me wonder, did he know, you know, that morning when he left, did he know how much I loved him? Did he know that he and John are the center of my universe? Did he, did he know that everything I do all the money I try to make all the time I'm away for work that, that what I'm doing it for, um, why I'm doing it, you know, um, did he know it's just that important that, that, um, so I could give him the things that he wanted or needed or, you know, that kind of a thing. So anyway, but just making sure that if, if this is the last time you see him, mm-hmm. the last moment, are they going to know that you loved him? Right. And, and that's part of your work with, you know, your books, your journals. Um, so I know I read like a little bit of excerpt about um, like the getting to know your child Q&A piece. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you're actually doing with other parents and, you know, the books that you've written, the, um, you know, the Do It for Dalton and, and everything. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Let's see here. So, um Let's see, kind of as a side note, we we got these little bracelets, these pay it forward bracelets. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> um, anyway, but we got these little bracelets. Purple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but our favorite movie as a family was Pay It Forward. And we always quite often made a big deal about doing something for someone who needed something and not taking credit for it. Um, you know, or or doing something nice for somebody and asking them to pay it forward to someone in need whenever they could, that kind of a thing. And so when we lost Deej, we knew that we wanted to do something like that. But then at his uh, life celebration, the kids actually stood up and spoke and told stories about all these things that Dalton had done for them. Um, And they were really the ones that were like, wow, we should do something in his honor to pay it forward or do something because he was always there for them. He was always their counselor or their whatever. Who knew? I you know, as a parent, the things you don't know, I had no idea. Um, but yeah, all these kids for four hours, they spoke about the times that he's six people spoke about him stopping them from committing suicide. Um, yeah. The, the parents he had. <laughs> right. 
It truly is. It's just incredible all the things that that we learned after the fact. But um, but yeah, so we started this little pay it forward campaign where we have these little cards, um, and we just say in memory of Dalton, you know, we did this for you today. Please take this card and pay it forward to the next person when you do something nice for them, um, and then ask them to pay it forward as well. Wow. So kind of a domino effect of of um, of nice things, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so that's cool. And then and then with the books, um, you can see my book cover right behind me for Parenting at Your Best. Um, so the book, that book is like, it's 31 chapters. Um, the first chapter just kind of goes in little things to think about, you know, before you have a baby or even, even after you've had a child, just things to think about. Um, you know, one of the things that my sister, her husband is from Brazil mm-hmm. and they speak Portuguese all the time. And um, Dalton would always struggle going to Auntie's house. He loved being with Auntie, but he struggled going over there because if he was there and they were speaking Portuguese, he felt like they were talking about him, mm-hmm. right? And so there's just there's just little notes in there that you know if you do speak another language, make sure that everyone in the room that you're with can speak that language too, or speak the you know the community language that you're there because it's not fair for people to feel left out. And my son had, it was a big deal to him that at, when he goes to aunties, he doesn't know if they're talking about him or not. Uh, you know, there's just little tips, little tips and tidbits. But then the other 30 chapters are, um, I laid them all out as, as kind of a, a guideline for something that you could, um, something that we did with Dalton or, a you know, like one chapter is called Write Your Way Into My Heart. And it's all about like the journaling um, and the and the writing to each other and that kind of a thing. But what I did is in the first portion of the chapters, I did the topic. And then in the second portion, I used, um, did it used, oh, how do I say this best? Uh, I made straightforward tips for parenting at your best. So I took our experience with Dalton mm-hmm. and then did these tips at, um, in the second half of the chapters to help you do either the same things or not to do the same things that we did, like, cause we screwed up a lot, you know, we're all first time parents, right? We all screw up all the time. And so there's times like, I was like, okay, well, we're not doing that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would never tell you to do this, but, but this worked, you know, or that kind of a thing. So anyway, so there's that. Um, but, but of those 30 chapters, it, it really is taking a tool how did we use it in our life and how could you use it better? Um, and then each chapter is ended with a song that meant something to us as a family. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So, so there's in, so that's that book that's parenting at your best. Um, and I, and I speak to a lot of parenting groups, um, libraries and all different kinds of groups um, about just about, you know, everything kind of that we've talked about too. Um but different things in that book that we've that we've discussed, and um, anyway, and then the the second book is called A Parent's Guide for Journaling to Your Child. And after we lost Dalton, one of the biggest things that we kept hearing from people was, "Is there anything that we can do for you?" And you know what? I lost my kid. There's really nothing you can do. You can really do no casserole, no cake, no art. <laughs> No laundry can take away the pain and the grief. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, sure. Can you do some of those things that would be amazing? But but people were wanting something deeper, like something more that they thought might affect us more. And so both John and I were saying, you know what? Write love letters to your kids, mm-hmm. and um, 
And people were like, well, I'm not the writer that your wife is, or I'm not, you know, I can't write like you do or whatever. What would I even write about? I don't have any idea what to write about. And so I started doing, yeah, I started doing a bunch of research um, because I was going to buy journals for other parents to give them that gave them ideas of what to write about. But everything that I found was actually, and there's tons of them out there, these parenting journals, there's tons of them out there, but they're like on the top of a page, it gives you one thing that you can write about. And then in the middle of the page, it gives you another thing you can write about. And I was like, well, what if I wanted to write three pages about that one thing? Or what if I don't want to write about that today? And I want to write about this today. And so what I thought was if I could just make the journal to be a little tiny um, handheld little skinny book um, with a whole bunch of questions in it, then um, then you could go buy your own fancy journal and you could take this little book with you anytime you wanted. You could open it up to any page, any day, and you could write about what you want to write about. Mm-hmm. And you could write three pages on it. You could write one sentence, whatever. But um, but you could just get your thoughts out on paper. Um, and for us, my my big thing was that for Dalton, I wanted to write a journal to him from before I before he was born. Um, I started it at four months into my pregnancy, and. Um, I wanted to write this journal to him. And then when he graduated from high school, I wanted to be able to hand it to him um, and say, this, these are all the things that I've you know, written you over the years or whatever. And, um, and, and that journal, ha- it saved our marriage. You'll have to read in the book about that. It's really cool, but yeah. it, it saved that's our marriage. Way, but I think that's important for people because people need to look you up and people need to read the story. I didn't want to um, kind of give that piece away and how you guys have strengthened your marriage um, through this process, because at other times it would break a marriage. Yes. This, you know, the grief and a loss of that nature would, you know, people would be like, well, what we had problems before. Why would we have to now stick around? Our kid is not here. So keep it moving. Right. It strengthened you guys. Oh, it did. It's, it's incredible what our marriage is today um, versus what it was six and a half years ago. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. So, so I just feel like if you, um, and it could be your kids, you know, five years old, 15 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. Um, if you've got time to write to them, give them something tangible that when you're gone, they have something tangible to hold on to. Or if God forbid something happens to them, there are things in my journal that I wrote because they were so funny things that happened when he was three years old, things kids say, right? Yeah. And we would, we had laughed for a week about it because it was so freaking funny. And I thought, oh, we'll remember this forever. Yeah. But boy, when we lost Deej and I started going through the journal that I had written to him and it was like, oh my God, do you remember that day? Do you remember when that happened? And we laughed so hard and we thought we'd never forget it. We forgot it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and if I didn't have the journal and I didn't have that, you know, little tidbit written down about what had happened, we would have lost that memory completely. Um, And I know as a parent who's lost a child, um, my biggest fear is forgetting in general Mm. is I, I, I am so afraid that as I age, you know, memories go and that kind of a thing. I am so afraid that I'm going to forget so many things. Um, And so I really, when we lost Alton, I started from the day we lost him and I worked my way backwards as far as I could writing down every single thing I could possibly remember. And I had other people do the same. Um, and I, um, 
because I didn't journal every day and I don't expect anybody to journal every day. It's insane. It's the life is busy, right? But but if you can journal every 3 or 4 months or you can journal when something really great happens or that kind of a thing, but just just write about it and and you don't have to be some eloquent writer. You can be like dude was outside and he threw a ball and he hit a window or you know like but just something enough to jog your memory that you can tell a story. Right. Absolutely. Ronnie, you have shared so many valuable uh, lessons, um, tips for parents where, you know, like I said, I was reading it the other day and I was like, "I I, I need to connect more with my son. And the work that you and John are doing is just beyond amazing and selfless. It really is selfless because you didn't have to, and no one expects you to do that. But for you to turn your your grief into wanting to make someone else's home a memorable and happy home is beautiful. And I'm grateful that you're able to share your journey, your story, your grief and loss, yours and John's. Um, but spin it around and just let people know that this is what you can do to embrace the moment. Where your child is or your family member is. And I'm grateful for that. So, Ronnie, where can people find you, find your book? I know, but they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, uh, my books are on Amazon. So you can just look up Ronnie Wing Lambrecht or Parenting at Your Best on Amazon. And I'm I'm all over Amazon. Um, And also on my website at Parenting at Your Best Without Regrets.com. Um, do you have Instagram or Facebook? Oh, I do. Yeah. My Facebook is, uh, parenting at your best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's Facebook slash parenting at your best. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And I'm on Instagram as Ronnie Lambrecht. Yes. Perfect. So guys, I would recommend that you go back, sit and read, go on the website because on the website, that's where I was able to uh, get all these, uh, ideas from and do whatever works for you guys, depending on your child's age group, because obviously you're not going to sit there and be like, what's your favorite color today? And your child is three. (laughs) Another one and another one and another one. Um, Just know what is developmentally appropriate to work on and journal and do activities with your child. And that phone, we got to give people enough time to spend time with each other that that phone call that text message that instagram post is not as valuable as important as spending time one-on-one with someone because you're, you're never going to get that back and spin people's processes of thinking and being quarantined that you're frustrated and tired um take it as an op- a new day it's a brand new opportunity and a new day in life with to spend it with the ones that you love that you know that if they're not here your 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 core um would would be ripped apart and so this is an important uh, time to really embrace your family and your loved ones. And Ronnie, I'm so grateful that you spent your time with me. You know, we both got here emotional, but it's, <laughs> you know, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And if I could just also say really quick too, um, every single day this year in 2020 on Facebook and all the other platforms, I'm doing the parenting song of the day. Um so if you guys, if you love music at all, um, I'm doing a new song every single day and kind of why, why we love the song or whatever. But anyway, and, and it's about parenting. So anyway. Amazing. Thank you yeah. so much, Ronnie. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week. And send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at IamBeauteousMe.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now.